welcome to this episode of Unraveling the Veil with your host, Yara Rose, also known as Katie Mosier, from the YaraRose.com website. That is Y-A-R-A-R-O-S-E.com. Hello, welcome to today's podcast. I am so excited to have you all here, and I thank you for listening. Today's subject has been percolating for the last two months. I keep wanting to get on here and talk to you about it. And then I keep feeling like the timing just wasn't there. It wasn't time yet. It wasn't right. I didn't have enough of the puzzle pieces to come on here and speak about this subject in a way that was really going to be impactful, that was really going to be powerful. And I still am not 100% sure that I have all the puzzle pieces because Spirit's constantly bringing new pieces in. However, I do feel like I can at least start talking about this subject. And then if Spirit has more to add later, I'm sure they will find a way to bring it forth in a new episode. We have talked a lot about positivity and how creating a positive mindset is so important to creating the life of your dreams. And something that I think a lot of people struggle with, or I think there's like a misconception about what it means to have a positive mindset. And by that, I mean, I feel like there are times when something happens in our life that makes us feel sad or in mourning or grieving or lost or confused or angry or frustrated or any of these things. And when we are trying to adapt a positive mindset, when we are trying to show up in a positive way over and over and over again, I feel like in those situations, we can sometimes ignore the feelings that come up because they are not positive feelings and we don't want to focus on them and we don't want to acknowledge them and we don't want to feel them because we're like, I do not want to feel that because I'm trying to be positive and that's not positive. I'm going to pretend. And it's not even necessarily conscious, but sometimes I feel like we we pretend that that doesn't exist, that that problem or that feeling of loss or of frustration, it didn't happen. And sometimes there's this, I don't know if I'd call it mindset, but like, you try to pretend that you, you I mean, you, it's almost like a state of denial to a certain extent because you're like, oh, that's frustration. Oh, I'm trying to be positive. I'm not going to feel frustration. And then you just kind of like either stuff it down or deny it or refuse to express it or refuse to engage with it. And I understand how difficult it really is to balance the two because I am all for positive mindset, you know that I have talked about putting your focus on the things that make you feel good and really engaging with that and feeling really good about that. And as Abraham Hicks says, really milking that good feeling. But at the same time, I've learned the importance of sitting with those denser emotions when they do come up and honoring them and truly processing them through I'm not saying that you have to sit in this negative emotion for an extended period of time. However, you do have to acknowledge that something happened and you are feeling this way and it's okay because that's part of life. You're not always going to be happy and that's okay. It truly is. As long as you're learning and processing and moving through and and working through these emotions, it's part of the journey 
you're not always going to be on the high of the roller coaster of life. There are dips, there are turns, there are deep drop-offs that you maybe weren't expecting. And it's part of our learning and our growth here is to process through them and use them to benefit us in the future. What can we learn from those situations? How can we process that in a way that will be most beneficial to us and everyone around us? Because by processing through your emotions, you're going to be a healthier, happier person. And that's going to not only affect you, but it's going to affect everybody around you. And you're going to be a leader to everybody around you. You're going to show them that it's okay to be down for a moment. It's okay to not be always excited and always happy. It's truly unrealistic to expect yourself to always be up, to always be full of excitement and joy and fun and magic and miracles and and bliss. That's just not how work life works. Life is a roller coaster. There are moments when you feel invincible. You feel like you've conquered the world. You feel like nothing could possibly go wrong. And then you're going to keep progressing in life and you're going to keep trying things and you're going to keep growing. And then all of a sudden you're going to have a day where things didn't quite work out the way you wanted them to. And for whatever reason, it really struck you. Whatever that situation was, it really felt like a physical blow to you. And it hurt and it sucks. And that's okay because that also is a great opportunity for you to learn. And you know what else? It's a really great opportunity for you to show yourself that you love yourself. That you not only love yourself when you are at that high, when you are at the top of the mountain streaming, I am king and queen of the world. But that you love yourself when things didn't go the way you wanted them to. And when you feel like the whole world has just drop kicked you. To show yourself that you love yourself regardless of where you are on the roller coaster of life is so powerful. And that reminds me, I recently read The Five Love Languages, The Secret to Love That Last by Gary Chapman. I was just curious about the different types of love languages and how they showed up in relationships and how I could use that information to improve the relationships that I had in my life. And I found it very interesting. I found it to be a very good read. It was quick. It was easy. It was to the point. I found the information in it to be useful and interesting. I want to share with you the feeling that I had when I closed that book and I put it down. I was like, that was amazing. That was interesting. That was worth my time. I can definitely use the things I learned in there. But then I quickly went to, well, I'm a married individual and I have amazing family and a fantastic support system. But if I was a single individual and I was searching for my other half, how would I feel if I read that book? And the one thing I wondered was, would I feel like I was unlovable because someone hadn't put the time in to truly show me love? Once we got past that in love, infatuation state where everything is all wonderful Growing up, I was called the the honeymoon stage, right? Where the other person can do no wrong and you guys are just goo-goo eyes at each other and, and want to be with each other every single second of the day. Gary Chapman calls it the in-love stage. And apparently, the average in-love stage can last up to two years. So in the book, it talks about how it's not uncommon for couples to be together and be super happy and get married and 
be super happy. And then all of a sudden something just changes and they feel like they were hoodwinked or I don't know how best to describe it, but they just feel like somehow they were tricked. Like maybe this person was hiding these things and then they just waited till they got married. They showed their real true colors. But that's not the case. It's just that they fell out of that in love feeling, that infatuation that's unrealistic to expect to go on indefinitely. And I absolutely love this part in the book because I feel like it explains it so well. So I'm going to read this right from Gary Chapman's book. We can recognize the in-love experience for what it was, a temporary emotional high, and now pursue real love with our spouse. That kind of love is emotional in nature, but not obsessional. It is a love that unites reason and emotion. It involves an act of the will and requires discipline, and it recognizes the need for personal growth. Our most basic emotional need is not to fall in love, but to be genuinely loved by another, to know a love that grows out of reason and choice, not instinct. I need to be loved by someone who chooses to love me, who sees in me something worth loving. That kind of love requires effort and discipline. It is the choice to expend energy in an effort to benefit the other person knowing that if his or her life is enriched by your effort, you too will find a sense of satisfaction. The satisfaction of having genuinely loved another. It does not require the euphoria of the in-love experience. In fact, true love cannot begin until the in-love experience has run its course. We cannot take good credit for the kind and generous things we do while the influence of the obsession or in love, we are pushed and carried along by an instinctual force that goes beyond our normal behavior patterns. But if once we return to the real world of human choice, we choose to be kind and generous, that is real love. The emotional need for love must be met if we are to have an emotional health. Married adults long to feel affection and love from their spouses. We feel secure when we are assured that our mate accepts us, wants us, and is committed to our well-being. During the in-love stage, we felt all of these emotions. It was heavenly while it lasted. Our mistake was in thinking that it would last forever. But that obsession was not meant to last forever. In the textbook of marriage, it is but the introduction. The heart of the book is rational, volitional love. This is the kind of love to which the sages have always called us. It is intentional. That is good news to the married couple who have lost all of their in-love feelings. If love is a choice, then they have the capacity to love after the in-love obsession has died and they have returned to the real world. That kind of love begins with an attitude, a way of thinking. Love is the attitude that says, I am married to you and I choose to look out for your interest. Then the one who chooses to love will find appropriate ways to express that decision. And I think this is fantastic and I think it's wonderful and I truly agree with it. I don't disagree with a single thing that he said. But I was thinking, well, if I was single and no one bothered to do this with me, how would this book make me feel? Would it make me feel unworthy? Would it make me feel like I wasn't good enough? Why is it no one chose to do this intentional love with me? And that's why I wanted to bring it up because I want you to know that you can do this for yourself. You do not need a third party to make you feel this kind of love. It starts within you. It's always starts within you. If you can show yourself that you love yourself, if you can figure out what love language you respond to, what is it that you're really looking for? Are you looking 
for a gift of flowers on your counter. <laughs> it reminds me of that Miley Cyrus song, I Can Buy Myself Flowers. If you're looking for the chocolates, the flowers, the cute little notes of, hey, I love you. How you doing? If you're looking for that kind of thing, you can give that to yourself. You can go out and buy yourself flowers and put them on your counter with a note that says, I love you and you are wonderful and you are worthy. You can stick affirmations on your mirror, right by your bed, on your phone, everywhere you look, showing yourself that you love yourself and that you are a worthy person. If your love language is acts of service, do something of service to yourself. Do something that would show yourself that you literally love yourself. If you enjoy going to the hair salon and getting your hair done in a specific fashion, make sure you take the time to put that on your calendar on a regular basis so that way you show that you love yourself, that you are important, and that you are willing to do what it is that makes you happy. We already talked about receiving gifts. I've already talked about how you can do that for yourself. I've already talked about words of affirmation. Give yourself that. If it's quality time, give yourself some quality time. Go to your planner and block off specific time period on your planner every day that that's just your time where you disconnect from everything else and you meditate or you journal or you do something that makes you feel good on the inside, that fills your cup up completely. And the last one is physical touch, which I'm not going to get into that extremely large amount, but you can also obviously do physical touch with yourself. Pat yourself on the back when you do something good. When I'm going through an exceptionally hard time with something and I'm feeling really vulnerable and like I'm failing or like I need a hug and there's no one else around, I am not ashamed at all to say that I give myself a hug. I will wrap my arms all around myself and I will tell myself, Katie, this does suck, but it's okay because you're still a worthwhile person and it doesn't devalue you in any way. It doesn't take away from the the important loving person that you are and that you're trying to be and you will get through this. And I want to say that again because that is so important. I have gone through so many things on my journey of trying to clear out my insides that There are just things where I need comfort. And you know who I need the comfort from the most? Myself. I need to tell myself or that little girl inside of me that was looking for love way back when that it's okay. She's important and that she is love. And I need to show myself in that moment that I do love myself and I have no problem. And I have done it so many times where I just give myself that hug and I give myself that validation and I give myself that reassurance and I feel so much better afterwards. So you don't need to wait for anyone else to make you feel this way. You don't need to wait for this amazing Prince Charming or princess or whatever you're looking for. You can be who you need. You have everything you need to be the person that you are looking for. And you know what? Through law of attraction, when you show up for yourself and you treat yourself this way routinely over and over and over again, I have no doubt that you will eventually attract in someone else that will also treat you the same way because that's what your vibration is, because that's what you're putting out there, that you're showing that you are worthy and this is the kind of love that you are looking for and that will reflect out into the atmosphere and you'll pretty soon you will draw in that love. But I never want you to think that you need that. I never want you to think that you have to rely on someone else to give you that. You can always 
fill your own cup up. And I think that is so important in society today is to know that we can always fill our own cup up first. And then by filling our own cup up, by putting on our own oxygen mask on the airplane, we can then help others put on theirs. And I feel like that is so important today to discuss. Please don't sit there thinking that your worth depends on what someone else sees you or views you because it doesn't. You are worthy because you are here. You are a loving person. You are a loving individual and you are going to do so many great things if you just give yourself the love and attention that you deserve. And I really feel like this message is so important to so many of you. And this is why, A, I don't think that it's discussed enough in the general population. And B, in the last two months, Spirit has really been showing me the subject of suicide again. And I know that we have discussed this in the past, and I will put the suicide prevention hotline number in the show's description notes again. It is so imperative that you understand that you are valued and that you are so important to the world. Please, please, please know that you are so important to the world. Spirit wants me to validate for you right here, right now. If you are listening to this, it doesn't matter when you're listening to this. They know your worth. They know how amazing you are. They know how beautiful you are. They know how unbelievably cherished and loved you are by them. And they want you to know that they see you, they hear you, and they are doing their very best to help you on your journey here. And they want me to let you know this is your validation that they have heard you and they have been trying their best to reach you. The unfortunate part of somebody that's struggling with mental health and is having suicidal thoughts is that sometimes when you are this far in emotional pain, it's hard to get the messages that spirit is trying to give to you because your intense focus on how terrible life is and how worthless you feel and how much better you would feel if you would just leave, it blocks the messages that spirit is trying to get to you. And sometimes you're unable to see what they are trying to show you in the way out. But that doesn't mean that they're not there. It doesn't mean that they're not trying. It doesn't mean that they haven't heard you. Trust me. I can't tell you this enough. They have heard you and they are trying everything they can think of to reach you. That's why this is so important for me to share this message with you right here, right now in May. It's Mental Health Awareness Month here in the United States. They really want me to tell you how important you are and that they are there for you. And here's the trick, okay? I've been here and I understand it's not a great place to be in. And it's really hard to shift your focus when it's gotten to this level of being. But I'm going to ask for you today to simply try to just breathe. Just take some deep breaths in and out and try to let go a little bit. And I also would like to point out that spirit is governed by laws. And one of those laws is to honor your free will. So if you are in a very bad or even it doesn't even have to be terribly bad okay it can be any any emotional state that's very troublesome for you or is troublesome for you please don't hesitate to ask for spirit or universe or god or whoever it is for you ask for their help acknowledge that you are struggling with whatever it is that you're struggling with offer up the opportunity for them to help you or to show that they will help you or to give you some love or anything 
and then just breathe it away. Like literally like visualize it just going up, whatever this problem is, this energy just going up and out of your body. For this moment, I want you just to let go of everything and I want you to breathe very deeply and I want you to ask for their help and I want you to know that they have heard you and then just let this energy go and envision it, you know, how many feet off of you and keep breathing and be a little curious and open to what types of energy, what type of messages, what type of signs you may receive within the next, I don't know, 72 hours that could slip through that area because we just created that gap, right? We have those couple inches of gap where the heaviness is up a little bit and we've created room for them to work. We have asked for their assistance. We have given them permission to help us. We have told them that we acknowledge we have free will and we acknowledge that with our free will, we are offering this opportunity up for them to come play with us, to come show us and guide us different ways that we can continue on in our life. Please, 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 please do this. I cannot emphasize how important this message is for you today. I literally got goosebumps when I was telling you about this. I know that this is important to them. Just for an example, and within one week, they had the subject of suicide come up four times. And then I was like, well, that's weird. I'm not really feeling like I'm in that state of mind. I don't understand why the subject is coming up. But I know that spirit does things like this because they're trying to help me put a puzzle together for the next podcast episode. They And I, just to give you an example of how spirit works, like the one time it came up because someone, someone had known had had this happen in their life. And then it came up in a book and then it came up in a movie and then it came up in a song all within one week. And I was just like, that is so crazy. Then it didn't come up again for two weeks. And then the next week, the subject of suicide came up four times in one day. I kid you not. I saw something on Facebook about it. I saw something in, I think it was, I know one was a movie and then I think it was a song again. I don't remember where the fourth one was. Sorry, I should have took better notes. But it was just crazy to me that I'm like, okay, it was four times within one week. And now they're giving it to me four times in one day. And I know that it's not for me. So I know that this message is so entirely important to you and to share with the world. Because I know that there's a lot of people that are struggling with their mental health. And I know from intellectually and also from personal experience that if you don't get the help that you need when you are struggling with mental health and it keeps progressing, it will get to the point where you start thinking that you are unworthy to be here or that everyone in your life would be so much better off if you weren't around and these suicidal thoughts start circling your mind and they become like little sharks just constantly biting at you and biting at you and biting at you. And I really would love to not have that happen to you and I would love to get this information out to everyone that is even struggling a little bit with mental health. And that was why I felt like it was so important to bring up the whole topic of almost like the toxic side of positive mindset, which isn't really, I don't like how that's said. But the only reason I said it that way is because I saw a Facebook post that kind of portrayed it as the toxic side, which I think is a little harsh. I don't necessarily love that narrative, I would prefer to say it's just misunderstanding the positive mindset. On that note, I did save it because I felt like at some point it would be really important to share with you all. It says, 
Toxic positivity, examples of non-toxic and accepting statements. We'll put it this way. I'm going to read, there's 10 of these. And this could be something that you say to yourself, or this could be something that you are saying to someone else. In both equations, you are trying to be a positive person. You are trying to have the positive mindset. So here's where this examples of toxic positivity statements are. And then right after that, I'll read the non-toxic acceptance and validation which is a more loving way, a more accepting way, I would say. So here's the first statement. Don't think about it. Just stay positive. Instead, say, describe what you're feeling. I'm here. I'm listening. Number two, don't worry. Be happy. I would instead say, I see that you're really stressed. Is there anything I can do? Number three, failure is not an option. Instead, failure is a part of growth and success. Number four, everything will work out in the end. Instead, this is really hard. I'm thinking of you. Number five, positive vibes only. Instead, I'm here for you through good and bad. Number six, if I can do it, so can you. Instead, everyone's story, abilities, limitations are different, and that's okay. Number seven, delete negativity. Instead, suffering is a part of life, and you are not alone. Number eight, look for the silver lining. Instead, I see you. I'm here for you. Number nine, Everything happens for a reason. Instead, sometimes we can draw the short straw in life. How can I support you during this hard time? And number 10, it could be worse. Instead, that sucks. I'm so sorry you're going through this. These 10 items are coming from the psychology group in Fort Lauderdale. I thought it was really powerful because how many times when we're trying to shift from a positive mindset, do we say, don't focus on the negative? As I talked about earlier, I don't want us to ever pretend that we're not feeling what we're feeling. We're feeling what we're feeling, and we need to honor that as another way to show that we love ourselves. We need to honor and be honest about what we're feeling. Denying what we're feeling is never going to get us what we're looking for in life. It's just not. And I know that it's not necessarily fun to feel sad when you're sad, or to feel angry when you're angry. But it is so important for you to honor where you are. It's where you are. What else are you going to do? That's where you are. Honor that. Let's say that you hated the Chicago Bears. Pretend you're a Wisconsin origin, and you're Packers, and you bleed yellow green, and you can't stand the Chicago Bears for whatever reason. And all of a sudden, you're driving through Chicago and you see a sign that advertises for them. Are you going to say, I'm not in Chicago? Can you really tell yourself, I'm not in Chicago? How can you deny where you are? You're in Chicago. <laughs> like, you can't do that. If you're feeling down, you can't tell yourself, I'm not feeling down. This isn't possible. I'm positive. I can't feel down. Please don't set that expectation on yourself. That's not how it works. You're going to have days where you feel down. What's important is to process through that. Why are you feeling down? Ask yourself. Give yourself the comfort that you need. Maybe you're feeling down because, you know, you really wanted subject A to happen and it didn't happen and you're feeling down about it. Okay, well, let's examine that. Why was it so important that this happened? What were you really seeking with this? Is there possibly something in your vibration or in your field or some belief that you currently hold that would keep that away from happening. Maybe you wanted a promotion at work 
and you really, really want this promotion and you're sad and you're bummed and you don't understand why you didn't get this promotion. Please don't pretend that you're not. You didn't get the promotion. That's okay to feel bummed about that. So, you know, ask your boss, can you just look for constructive feedback? Is there something that this other person that got it doing that I could do better? Like what areas are there that I can improve on so that the next time a promotion comes up, I will be more ready? Or even in your own individual journey, ask yourself, is there something in my beliefs that would make it difficult for me to get a promotion? Do I have this belief that I'm not a good leader? Do I have this belief that I have to struggle? Do I have this belief that life doesn't come easy to me? Do I have this belief that I can't lead people? Well, those beliefs are going to make it very difficult for you to get a management position within your organization. So what can you learn from this situation in that instance is maybe that we need to work on that belief level. Maybe we need to journal and get out there and say, okay, this is the belief I have. Why do I have this? And show yourself how it's untrue. Or you can always tap too. I personally love tapping. It's one of my go-to techniques. I love journaling as well. So I'm not saying that you can't do both. Whatever techniques you have found to be useful for you, that's when this is very important. But I did just want to mention with the tapping that I love how most of them start with this. As always, if we start with the negative statements or the truth of how we feel, not to anchor it in, but rather to acknowledge it and then let it go. And then from there, we'll turn towards the positive. I love that the Ortners say that at the beginning of so many of their tapping videos because they are pointing out to you that in acknowledging your true feelings, you're not trying to anchor them into you. You're trying to process them through and then let them go so that way you can shift or pivot your perspective to the positive things, to the things that are true. And that's where the journal work also helps is you're looking for the truth. You're looking for the lies that the ego tells you is why things happen and you're questioning it and you're questioning it and you're not believing the stories that your mind's making up. Other things you could do is meditate on it or take a walk or find an artistic or creative outlet that you could release your feelings in while being creative. There's so many ways to let go and process through this energy. You can even take an Epsom salt bath or sing a song, play a song if you are if you know how to play songs on a, in a musical instrument. Let that energy go, process it through. Once you've processed it, then you can pivot. You don't have to sit there and focus on that subject anymore. You can acknowledge that you know you had a bad day or this thing happened and you let it go. You process through the emotion. You're letting it go. You're surrendering it. And then you pivot to a subject that makes you feel better. Whether it be if that happened at work, then instead of thinking of work, maybe you'll shift your perspective to a relationship in your life that's really blossoming right now. Or maybe you'll shift your perspective to something within yourself that you really love about yourself and go down that way and just keep working, keep loving, keep sharing who you are with the world. I feel like this is so important for us to know. We can't pretend that we're anything other than what we are. We are who we are and we feel how we feel. And that's not saying that every single feeling is right either. For instance, maybe you're feeling shame because you feel like you 
are a terrible person. You didn't get that promotion because you don't do good enough work or because there's something about your physical appearance that's not good enough. I don't know. Your brain could be telling you all kinds of stories around why you didn't get that promotion and you might be feeling shame, but I want you to understand that even though you are feeling shame and you need to acknowledge that you are feeling shame, it doesn't mean that the cause of the shame, the belief that's causing the shame, these stories that you're telling yourself, it doesn't mean that they're true about yourself. And if you listen to Abraham Hicks, that's one of their common things is the emotions that you're feeling, especially those negative ones, are because your emotional navigation system are telling you that you're looking at a subject and you're seeing it completely different than your higher self. Your higher self is seeing it in some loving way. And you're looking at it and you're seeing it in some way that makes you feel ashamed of who you are. And the reason that the energy feels so bad is because you are that far out of alignment. So although I do not want you to ignore the shame that you are feeling, I want you to process however you have found to be the best way for you to process through it, whether it be tapping or journaling or all the other things I've mentioned. I also want you to question and I want you to do the work to find out, is this really true? Is this belief that's causing this feeling true? Or how can I look at this? Ask spirit. I do it all the time. Spirit, this is how I'm seeing something. Can you help me see it from a different angle? And then you have to be willing to let it go. You have to give it up to them and open up and be open to what what the responses are. Because if you're hanging on to it constantly being like, I feel this way and I need help, you need to show me this, and you're constantly doing that, then you're not in the energy where you can receive their responses. So always remember when you're asking for help with spirit, or if you're asking for spirit or universe with help, that you need to ask the question and then offer it up and know that the answer will come to you. But the longer you stay in the need to ask, the harder it's going to be for you to receive the message. And since they are so strongly trying to get these messages to you today i know that a lot of you have been asking and that this next step of surrendering it up so you can receive the answers is very important if you choose to do this internal work that basically my whole podcast is always talking about is is filling yourself up internally and showing up for yourself and loving yourself and how that creates more joy and love and peace and serenity in your life i want you to be aware that as you question these stories, as you confront them sometimes in certain ways, you are changing who you are because you've had these beliefs and you've had these stories and have created your life around. And every time that you let go of one, you're literally changing the foundation of who you are as a personality Not as who you truly are as your soul. Your soul is who your soul is no matter what. But on earth, we have this personality. And this personality is kind of based on all the different beliefs that we have at the foundational level. And each time that you release a foundational belief for something higher level, I have found that you do feel grief. You do feel loss. And sometimes I'll give you this metaphor. This is something I do quite often because I am always asking for growth. I love growing and I love the new levels that I get to when I release this old baggage. But then there are so many times where this is how I feel. Okay, I asked for growth. I did emotion code. I did a lot of tapping on the subject. I did a lot of healing on the subject. And all of a sudden, I feel like I emerge into this meadow and I 
can't see anything. It's so weird. It's, I'm on this meadow. I can't see. I can't see anything. But I, I can smell the flowers. And it's because I know that I have changed something fundamentally. And I don't know how it's going to impact my life. I don't know where I'm going to be going. And sometimes it's really uncomfortable to be a pioneer and branch out into this unknown in my meadow and not know what's going to happen. Because I don't know how this change is going to impact my life, but I do know it's in a positive way because I can feel it. But then my egotistical mind gets really scared and really confused because it's like, oh my gosh, we just let this go. What are we going to do now? What's going to happen? Who's there? And I try to see, even though I know I can't see. And I find it to be very, very uncomfortable and very, very painful sometimes. And For any and all of you that experience this, I just want to remind you just to offer it up in those situations. Know that spirit is with you. They are guiding you and that you will be okay. But I do want to bring that to your attention because I feel like sometimes if you're not used to it, it could be very scary. But the main thing I want it to do is to encourage you to let you know that the healing path might not always feel like progress, especially in the beginning, because you're confronting all of these limiting beliefs that you have been avoiding your whole life and sometimes it's scary and sometimes it's terrifying it can feel really lonely when you're going through that but you do have to do it yourself no one can do it for you and that's sometimes isolating feeling but I want you to know that you're not in isolation there is a whole community of non-physical around you that are cheering you on and constantly guiding you and loving you and willing, I should say willing to guide you because you have to ask them again, but they are wanting to help you in every way possible. And I just want you to know that you're worth it. You're worth the uncomfortableness of breaking down those foundational beliefs to really find out and be and express yourself in the world in an authentic way. You are important. You are worthy. You are loved. I just wanted to remind you that I like this quote from Joel Sting and it's, It's always darkest before the dawn. The bigger your challenge, the closer you are to your victory. So just know that when you are in those moments where you are really, really struggling with letting something go, you are really, really struggling with emerging in this metal, can't see anything, and you're really uncomfortable. Just know that when it gets really, really, really scary, that's when the biggest changes are happening. That's when everything's going to open up and light up as soon as you surrender You are going to be so amazed by the shifts that happen in your life. And it is the most wonderful, blissful, exciting, fun, magical experience. And I want this for each and every one of you. I want you all to find out who you are. And I want you all to feel empowered to be who you are and show up in the world the way that you truly are meant to. One last final message that I want to give you today was I asked Spirit, what message they really wanted to share with you all today. And I drew the panther spirit from the Spirit Animal Oracle by Colette Baron reed And the panther spirit says, reclaim your power. And I am just going to read this to you because I want you all to get what you're meant to get from this message. It takes courage to face challenges. And right now, panther spirit is here to say that you are braver than you think. Now is the time to take a risk and step into a different aspect of your being. Speak as you have never spoken before. Act as you have always dreamed. You might have the courage to act. Love fearlessly. 
and fully and expect to feel the adrenaline rush as you are initiated into a new, braver, bolder self. Panther Spirit says, the time for dreaming about what you want to do is giving way to that first courageous act toward reclaiming your Panther Spirit and power. Your new identity may feel strange at first, but you have what it takes and your soul wants this. Be bold. How perfect is that to end on? Be bold, be courageous, love yourself, and never give up on you. I love you, beautiful souls. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast today. And I wish you the most love, light, and inspiration. With all of my love, Yara Rose.